0: I turned into something. My foot of trails on a loose leaf every night
1: with the knees
2: grazing the rug.
1: Meanwhile, I was on creep with the guys. We tucked in the dashboard with the five, pulling up right on the side of the rug.
2: We can all talk about our stories when we tried to kill exes. Toxica. All the scars. Toxica. Yeah, wait for
0: it. <laughs> Ah. you know we normally don't do this at all like we don't show our guests you know you didn't see it last year you wasn't able to go in a glass house last year because this is more so like a sacred place and the fact that my grandfather's spirit is still here is why it's so sacred so yeah. and we also turning this into a museum yeah. my grandfather built this house probably like 20 like 2011, 2012, that's when it was complete. He moved his stuff in here. Everything's glass. We have glass stoves, glass sink, glass toilets. Everything was glass in this house. Um, and then after my grandpa passed, things changed. People came in, you know, started taking things, broke things. So now this is more of a monumental place for our family, the village, and his house. So let's let's go inside. So this one right here, with the the house and blaze up because that's what he did every time it was in. And then this is my little auntie's room named Tyler, which is the last sibling. And this was her room. She had it was all pink at first, and then we painted it green, we painted it back to green. You probably see specks of pink because that's what she wanted. And then, pink. Oh, and this is the bathroom, that was all black. It was a glass toilet here, we had a glass a Everything was glass, the sink was glass. And this is the kitchen that we closed up. The glass stove is still there. Everything else glass was taken or You know, That's really a glass stove. That's a glass stove. And outside, my grandpa had his own personal sauna that was thermal, that he built strictly for his backyard. And that's the thermal sauna right there. So he would go get his thermal sauna. He got a shower right there. And now we can turn his bedroom. It's kind of similar to my uncle's house. This is where he This is his bathroom right here. That was one of the only sinks we, I was saved. Oh, shit. And it's a glass sink. It was glass fixtures on it, but it ended up getting broken and stuff. But you see a glass shower. Everything was glass down to his closet where his clothes was in. These are some of his clothes he wore. He did lectures in, some of his outfits. We have different shoes over here. My grandpa wore the same size as me, which is 13. Wow. Um, Wow. those are the shoes. These are 13. And my grandpa loved African art. So African art was his thing. Mass. drums. He played the drums. My grandfather loved jazz. And now we get into his bedroom. And he loved wow. guitar. He could play the guitar. And that's his bed. This is his space. He'll play his jazz on that. CD player that we still kept, that was the CDs, and this is how he kept his room. That's crazy.
2: What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Faded True. Thank you for being here. Thank you for subscribing and supporting the growth. Today, I'm super excited. I'm live at Usha Village in Honduras. I'm here for the second annual mind body and soul retreat i'm excited today to have a very special guest he came to that village for the first time
1: first timer
2: he is the plug of la okay if you don't know you you don't live there <laughs> major media man podcast host radio personality he's built it from the ground up today i got the coast guard aka dj head in the building
1: greetings earthlings we are here <laughs> yeah, uh, we thank you for having right. me on your platform
2: <laughs> thank I- you for being here
1: now we she said uh before we started that we sweating like whores in church and this is like probably you i mean you said this is the most humid day i feel like i don't know it feel like the sauna outside so i don't know if we, if we sweating just know it's real this we
2: tried to make it work y'all we started over there but then we moved you know me with my tech problems it never fails so it never fails i be living humid, all vibes
1: so we we just wet right now well at least she is <laughs> <laughs> i'm a black man it is what it is
2: so um, how's your journey been at the village? It's day six.
1: It's day six. It's been cool. Like, honestly, before I came here, like I was telling Isaiah, shout out to uh, Dietary Resolution. Shout out to the whole Bowman family for even allowing people to come here, which is crazy. But
2: Yeah, we just went in the glass house, guys. We
1: literally just walked out of Dr. Sabi's house.
2: His bedroom. His, I was in his everything.
1: bedroom. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, I didn't believe in none of this shit, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, like, even when I met Isaiah years and years ago, um, I met him with Nipsey at the Marathon store in L.A. And, and on Slauson, and he, you know, he was telling me, like, yo, I'm Dr. Sebi's grandson. Like, I was like, I don't give a fuck. You did know? you know who
2: Dr. Sebi was at the I time? I did.
1: I was familiar, but this is years ago, and I don't remember how much research or how much knowledge I had at the time, but... Anyway, he was telling me like, yeah, I can get you right. Like, let's do this. Let's. And I'm just like, Yeah, I'm like, yeah, bro, whatever. I'm trying to get the the, the new col- the new Crenshaw collection. Like, I'm not really listening to you right now. You know what I'm saying? I kind of blew him off, honestly. And then um, as I went further down the wormhole of unlearning and then relearning, because you have to unlearn hell of shit that we learn. Right. Growing up, the food pyramid, and I started doing more research in general. Not even because of Doctor Sabi, but just in general about health and the dairy industry and how much they influence legislation back in the day to influence kids to drink milk every day in school mm-hmm. and like all this all the kind
2: propaganda of, all
1: this kind of shit and so i just went down a wormhole and got lost in it and then i remember um just revisiting it and um reconnected with isaiah because i started having my own like health issues and stuff like that and so to be here to, to sum it up to be here is surreal like it's crazy because I remember I seeing all of this stuff like I mean obviously everybody knows Left Eye was like the first one to come here and experience and, and present I guess present Dr. Sebi to the world on a right. ma- on a big platform and you know back then I was so young I didn't understand what was going on like I didn't understand what they were talking about never heard of CMOS but I, I'm from the I'm from the east side in LA like we don't know about CMOS and You know, like, herbs and, you know, shit like that. Like, that's foreign to us. I just just learned what kale was in the last 10 years. I didn't know what kale was growing up. So, different things like that. So, to be here was just, like, it's very, very surreal knowing what I know now.
2: Nice. I'm happy to have you here and, like, experience this with you. I'm excited for your journey. I
1: know. You've been watching us.
2: We've been talking.
1: Us first-timers. You be just sitting back with your shades on, and you're just laughing at us like these fucking rookies. whatever because you're like you're you're very comfortable and you i've already i i I don't want to say you've already gone through your journey but you're very comfortable in your in your journey yeah so to see new people it's like oh like i see you looking at us like oh look at the kids whatever (laughs) (laughs) but it's dope paranoid it's it's dope though
2: i like that compliment that you gave me yesterday um y'all he gave me a compliment he said why are you so calm <laughs> and I'm like what he's like just everything and he's like I've been watching you and everything that happens You're just so calm. He's like we broke down the ATV The ATV was broken down in the jungle at night in
1: the jungle at night and
2: I'm over here asking him how he's doing Yeah,
1: so she walks up. She's like, How's a, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm like what you mean? We're in the fucking jungle. <laughs> there's no There's no electricity out here. There's no lights. There's no like uh There's no like police We don't have a gun like <laughs> <laughs> There's no, I don't have a a, a gun for a, any kind of wildlife. I don't have mosquito repellent. There's nothing. So it's like, "What do you mean? How am I doing? And why are you so calm?" And also, just for the record, I I don't give compliments. I tell the truth. And if you happen to like what I say, then kudos. Well, kudos that's what to I'm you. saying.
2: You probably didn't know that you were giving me a compliment. But for me, because you said like I'm already comfortable in my journey. It yes. took me a long time to get to this part of my journey to right. where I can be patient in an airport and wait fucking four hours, even if like it's fucking my flight got canceled or whatever, or I can fucking sit sit out there for maybe, you know, 30, 45 minutes just chilling with, with nothing yeah. because what else am I going to do? Yeah. You know, and it took me a long time to get to that place.
1: It's a beautiful place.
2: I love it, man. It's crazy. People are like, and how, you just how not, did you change?
1: And you're just not really tripping off nothing. Like, we've been in some very interesting scenarios since we've been here. You know, whether we're in the middle of the ocean and you went into some deep meditative state while we we hitting these big... <laughs> These big ocean swells, like we're in the middle of the fucking ocean, and it's the boat
2: we're and we're
1: getting it's like we're the boat is just kicking so much water up on us, and I'm like, oh my god, why am I here? What am I doing? And, and you're just you're just cracking the fuck up, like just like that, like you're just laughing your ass. I mean, and you're getting just hit in the face with ocean water, like, and you're just laughing, like, and I'm just like, bro, I, I can't wait till I get there. That just crazy. And
2: that's when I went into the meditative state was when I was like, I cannot wait to get to, to get to land. Right. But I'm like, I can't get there, right, unless I go into this meditative state, because otherwise I'm going to just be angry and annoyed and pissed right. off. Right. And that's how I used to run my life. So I know you said that you used to pretty much, like, take run your life through fear or live your life through I used fear. To,
1: hell yeah, I was I was scared of everything.
2: And um, at what point do you think that you decided to take that leap? Because when you first came here, you gave the impression that you, like... Didn't believe in shit, but that you I also didn't get the impression that you were already working on yourself, right? Yeah, and then I look at your page, and I'm like no you've been doing the work.
1: I've been doing you've been that. doing the work I've this been is, doing this that. is like this is, this is like cherry the,
2: on top of like okay I, what I've been doing is now coming into fruition. right? Yes
1: I mean I've been doing the work and it's again. It just goes I started deprogramming. program I like to call it deprogramming. Mm-hmm. I started deprogramming like when I turned 31 I think maybe 30 31 ish and as I'm as I'm deprogramming myself, I'm on some shit like I need to unlearn everything that I learned. Like Uncondi- every-
2: the conditions that we have, all
1: the traditions. Yeah. I'm talking about everything. I had to have a I had to have a wild conversation with my mom about just going to church and how I'm not. I refuse to go to church. Mm-hmm. And then my my god sister, same thing. She's like a super Bible toting, you know, choir rehearsal Bible study. Okay. She's she's religious. Right? I grew
2: up Baptist. so I,
1: I grew up Christian. Yeah. And so I had to have a conversation with them about like, I'm, you know what? Church, I'm just not going to church no more. And then I went into that whole story of why it didn't make sense to me in the journey mm-hmm. that I went on on how I got to that decision. I talked to a minister, I, you know, just all that kind of shit. So it's just like I had to fully commit to unlearning and and reprogramming my mind to be like, just because I was taught these things doesn't mean that I have to live by these things. Right. And that could be positive or negative. Same thing with dealing with dealing with women chivalry like that's bullshit to me I believe in I'm a traditional alpha man So I believe in protect and provide I don't believe in like walking on the outside of the curb to protect you from a car uh, uh, A random car that's gonna kill you like that shit's stupid to me and actually for you women that that doesn't mean what it, what you think it means walking on the outside <laughs> of the curb has nothing to do with safety or chivalry or anything It was actually back in the days when they were working clad. They were working women. They were prostitutes and the, the married women The married men would put their wife on the inside of the curb to signal to the tricks that they weren't a working woman The working women would walk on the outside of the pimp. So that way the people that were driving knew that they were Wow, se-
2: that's where that comes from. Yeah,
1: it's not romantic <laughs> Like uh, shit like that me having to educate myself right. on what is actually a thing and what's some bullshit that we have romanticized weddings marriage wedding rings valentine's day it's all bullshit to right. me so because i went through that journey of doing that conditioning under i'm sorry unconditioning now i'm in a space of consuming and that's when i turned 31 yeah. when i turned 31 i just started going in on books and podcasts and just feeding my brain you know how like last year when you said you were here and you were starving mm-hmm. that's how i felt about information I felt like I had been starved my whole life for information. Right. So I just started consuming so much information in the last five, six years.
2: Yes. That How old are you?
1: 39 now. Okay. So I just started consuming so much information over five, six years that now that's why I was like, that's why I'll be sitting there and I'll be analyzing shit. And people will be like, oh, you're an asshole. It's like, yeah, I'm an asshole because I'm actually... Not in the matrix where you are. You right. believe this is pretty and it's. I'm telling you it's not. Like you're telling me that this seat cushion is orange and I'm telling you that's not the way eyes work. This is every color but orange. Because the way we see color, you're, you're seeing the reflection of light. So you're seeing every color but orange. But you don't want to have that conversation.
2: Oh, I don't even want to have
1: that. Right, right no, I'm just, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's what I'm saying. Like right. learning so much shit it's that, like, that it's, to other people, mm-hmm. I'm fucking a weirdo.
2: But it's, like, amazing because you're totally on the correct path. Like, the way that you present it, though, I hope that everyone around you knows that you're already, like...
1: I'm you tapped know, in. you're up
2: there you're tapped in like there's certain conversations you won't even be able to have with other people anymore after you leave here because the journey that you even take and everything you've been working on for the past six seven days it's like already solidifying the work that you put in but it's also solidifying that education that you've been looking into yeah. and now that you've seen it and you know it's real and people are still like how'd you get there you can't get in the village is this a fake doctor saving like
1: <laughs> yeah they swear to god that this is not real place that you know the bowman family is not real there's a hell of people online and say they're dr Sabies sister or they're his son and right. it's like bro his son literally lives right on the other side of this wall
2: <laughs> and he's like i, was I don't at his to house. blame no man it's i was at his added.
1: house i drank his bitters i saw his marijuana plant swam in his pool i swam in his yeah like like <laughs> shut the fuck up
2: i really like though that you said that that 31 mark i don't know what it is i feel like when I turned 30 was when I started feeling like I needed to change something. But 31 was when I started the podcast and I just started meeting people that were so fucking happy. So just uh, like grateful for their lives. And I thought it was fucking bullshit. I'm like, how the fuck are you waking up smiling and you got all this energy and did it, you know? And I'm like, what are you happy about? Like, yeah. what is there to possibly be this enthused and passionate? Right. <laughs> and now I'm that person. I'm like, Hey, how's your day? What's yeah, up?
1: Like, I haven't seen you in not that in this, not this mode. The whole time we've been here. Oh my God, even you. even the first day when we got here, it was still, it was raining and it was fucked up. And you walked up and you're like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, you guys just got here? I'm, I've been here for a day. I've been having the whole village to myself. <laughs> I've been living it fucked up. It's like,
2: it's crazy, and I didn't yeah. understand
1: it. No, now I, I now get, it. get it. Yeah, I get it.
2: It took me a long time to get here. And it's like a beautiful life because I already know now, like, from this point forward, in the words of my boy, James Wade, he said, you're, you're meeting me at my worst. Right. Right. Cause every day I'm getting better. Yeah. Like there's no going back from the lifestyle I've created for myself. And I didn't grow up on none of that. You know, I didn't know n- nothing about financial literacy, mental health, Yep. nothing. I grew up around addiction, drugs, fucking poverty, fucking toxic people, you know? So for me, it was just like, I had to get out of that space to even change my life. And then now you know, I'm fucking helping everyone around me. Like these minerals, I've had everybody on them. Everyone's blood work's coming back great, you know, and I'm just being that vessel for people. And it's just so crazy how, like, I'm the chosen one, right? And you're yeah. the chosen one because yeah. now you have this information. You can now bring it to your mom, your cousin, people that you're really trying to help with this. Yep. Um, so I want to talk about what you were saying in our meditation. Um, they do Tuesday and Thursday health talk. Yep. Um, Asami in there. Um, you said that you were having a little bit of anxiety yeah. the past year. And was that the first time that you started feeling first that way? First time.
1: I've never had anxiety in my life. I always
2: thought it was bullshit too.
1: Me too. Yeah. Just I'm like, like I, you're I thought, not
2: depressed and you're not anxious.
1: I thought depression was some bullshit. Yeah. I thought anxiety was some bullshit. I never understood mental health. And then I like like you start feeding yourself information and understanding. Oh, there's a chemical imbalance that it, your 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 neuron isn't firing correctly. In this in this part of your brain or this gland isn't releasing enough serotonin or you know shit like it's just the science of it so once i dug because i'm a nerd i dove into the into the minutiae of the way it works to me it was like once once i started having like these physical reactions to the world like i'm having a panic attack or i'm having an anxiety attack i didn't know what it was and i never um i never like really i never got diagnosed with anxiety but it was just one of them things where i felt like this is what's happening to me what Sorry. happened
2: i just want to make sure it's not raining
1: no it's not yet
2: okay it's so about to
1: though
2: Ooh, let's run in here real quick okay <laughs> we might as well just bring these chairs in here
1: watch it stop Boom.
2: Okay, I think our s- s- rain is slowly stopping. We might be able to head back. Um, okay, so I know you did over. How many years have you been in media now?
1: I'm twenty in at this point. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, this this year would be twenty years. Twenty years? Yeah. Well, I mean, I went to school for radio in two thousand three, four, like that. You know, transition.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, but I and I, I got my media my radio certificate. From community from community college in like 2005, something like that. So I guess I guess if you look at the certification, I'll probably be 20 years in next year.
2: Okay, so we know you started with um, Homegrown Radio, yep, which still just doing it in your it. friend's house, yep, apartment, and his
1: apartment building, and that should just blew up. And it should blew up, and then um, we just kept we just it's consistency. So we were basically podcasting before it was a thing, right. That's basically what we were doing. Like, we were doing internet radio, which is, you know, a pre-recorded internet radio show, which was a podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he, he me and him had always, our dream had always wanted to be the go-to radio guys in L.A. But there wasn't enough opportunity for us, so we just created our own, basically, and it, and it blew up. Because it was like the only place to go to in L.A. for hip-hop at that point. Right. For interviews and hip media hip-hop media content.
2: Nice. So you guys were the first plug pretty much. Yeah. And then how do you get to iHeartRadio? How do you get um, that job opportunity?
1: The job opportunity? Well it was steps like so back in the day, um, my friend Debbie, her name is Debbie Brown. She works for Deepak she works with Deepak Chopra and she's huge in the mindful and wellness space. Okay. Um, but back in the day she was the biggest radio personality in LA. She was on K day and I just I, I had such a thirst for radio that I would go to her like, and I would just beg her, like, just take, can I just come watch you do your show? And so on the weekends, she would sneak me into the radio station and I would just sit there and watch her do her show. And I was just in awe, like, I want to do this. This, right. is, this is all I want to do. And so I would watch her do a radio show. And then later on, um, she started bringing around this this ugly, dark-skinned dude. Had, he had, his face was fucked up. And he went by his name Charlemagne. <laughs> and he was on Wendy Williams at the time, and he used to come out here for auditions and sleep on on Debbie's couch, and so she started bringing him around. Like, who's this nigga? You know what I'm saying? She's like, oh, this Charlemagne. Like, he's our, he's my friend, and we like, So we just fuck with him. Fast forward, like years later, we were doing Homegrown. Me and Chuck Dizzle, my partner, that we do Homegrown Radio podcast together. Um, we were doing our own thing, and then one day, out of nowhere, I heard my boy Dave from New York sent me this cryptic email like, hey, look into this. And it was like rumors of a new hip hop station coming to LA. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is crazy. So I started doing some digging. I couldn't find any evidence or whatever. Then I found out that they were switching the old school station, um, Hot 92.3 Jams, into a new hip hop station. So I called Fuzzy. Fuzzy is, um, is he, he was on Big Boy's neighborhood for years with Big Boy, he's, he's Big's, one of Big's best friends so and big boy is one of my idols you know what i'm saying so i called fuzzy like yo fuzz i are y'all building a radio station in la like what the fuck is going on like it's no way you finna build i called him at like eight in the morning it was really disrespectful because i just called him didn't want didn't say hi i was like fuzz it's no way y'all gonna put a hip-hop another hip-hop station in la and i'm not on it it don't make sense and he was like what like he would still have sleep i'm like i need you to wake up and listen to what I'm telling you. <laughs> if you put a radio station in LA that plays hip hop and I'm not on it, we're going have a problem. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, "No, nah, that's cool, I got you, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, don't bullshit me. You know what I'm saying? Like This is what I've been working for. So what happened was they, they launched the station um, and they were just playing music. No, no media personalities were on the radio. Then Big Boy didn't go to work at, at, the, at Power 106. It's the first time i ever seen Big Boy not go to work. Like, when you turn on the radio, Big Boy's there in the morning. He wasn't on the radio. So, I'm like, something is going down, right? <laughs> like, something is up, bro. Like, and I need in on it. Right. So, I fucking, I'm blowing fuzzy up. He's like, bro, I got you. You got to relax. Like, right? So, um, fast forward, I start hearing all these personalities on the radio. And I'm like, oh, it's over. Like, I'm out. They already hired everybody. And one day Fuzzy told me, I mean, I, I was blown, I was bugging the fuck out of him, to be honest. And one day he called me, he was like, yo, so are you gonna be in town this week? I'm like, I'll be wherever the fuck you need me to be. He was like, all right, um, I'm gonna set up, I got you. You can come in and meet the programmer. Um, his name is Doc. I set it up for you this week on Wednesday. I said, for sure. I go in, I literally, it went just like this. I go in, shout to DJ Amen. He's now the music director there. But he had been in radio before me and we had our our, our interview at the same time. So the, the doc, who's the programmer, comes out, takes him in, leaves me on the couch in the, in the lobby. I'm like, fuck, it's over. Because he has way more radio experience than me. This is my first radio job that I would ever have, right? So he comes, so he takes him in, they're in there for a while, and then he doesn't leave. The programmer just comes back out and brings, and he's like, yo, hey, I'll, I'll take you in now too. I'm like, well, I need another motherfucker to leave. You know what I'm saying? Because I want the job because I thought it was one or the other. Mm-hmm. So I go in his office and he's sitting in one chair. He's like, go ahead, have a seat. So we're sitting just like this side by side. And the programmer's sitting across the desk like this. And he's like, yo, um, so tell me about yourself. And I was like, OK. So I just told him everything. And he's laughing at me because he's like, yo, man, right here, because this has been my boy for years. But we're, I'm thinking we're competing for the same job. He's like, your boy here says that if I hire you, that no one's gonna outwork you. That's what he said. He's like, yeah, that's what he told me. in his interview, he told me that you're gonna outwork everybody that I have on staff. A white man. I was like, okay. I'm like, yeah, that's true. He was like, all right, cool. Well, you know, you come, you 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 are one of two of the most highly recommended people in, in Los Angeles when I ask people who I should hire for this station. And he was like, we would like to have you part of the team and just slid me a contract wow no audition no was it
2: called iheart back then
1: yeah it's iheart media i mean iheart media owns the station which is which is real 92.3 we're real 92.3 but it's 92.3 on the dial
2: and And you were there seven years
1: seven years okay
2: and so we're today is july 15 2023 and it's been exactly a year since you left iheart walked away and um can you tell us like what made made you make that decision because being somewhere seven years is a long commitment
1: honestly a lot of people get
2: comfortable after that time
1: it was one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make in my life because I mean, I, I did everything. I had to go through all the motions. I cried about it. I had to figure it out because that's all I ever wanted to do is radio, you know? And when you have a lifelong goal, like literally, I went to school for radio in 2003 ish, three, four, and I got hired in 2015. And I was trying to get on the whole time. Wow. Exactly. Do
2: you have advice for people that uh... are
1: <laughs> consistent? It's a marathon yeah just run your marathon it's never ending it's never gonna get better i mean it does get better but it's never gonna stop put it to you that way people are always looking for the relief like oh i put this cream on my mosquito bite and yeah but you're gonna get another mosquito bite you're gonna have to put more cream right that's how this shit works it just it's it's a marathon so shout out to nip but um i was there and, and when i decided to leave it was because i had another big opportunity and the company not my boss but the company as a whole would not let me pursue that opportunity okay and they were like it's either one or the other and so i was like well i'm doing both or i'm out basically and i just stood on that they thought i was bluffing i guess and i left
2: so do we know the new opportunity yet that it hasn't you know been for?
1: announced yet okay but, but it's I will it's say still this, happening? but i will say this shout out to amazon music and shout out to tim henshaw go subscribe to amazon music today
2: there you go <laughs> So being a personality, um, I I know for me, it's like I get a lot of, um, I have to do a lot of self-care because giving my energy to people all the time is draining. Yes. And I know a lot of times, um, like how they were saying, you have to be able to give and take the same amount of energy so that you're not drained, right? So for me, I do personally like self-care all the time. I get massages. I I do a lot of me time. I go in the salt room. I meditate. I do my yoga, whatever. Um, And it just allows me to be able to be that vessel for other people and like give that energy to them. But as a radio personality for twenty years, like, what do you think is the hardest challenge or obstacle that you go through?
1: From so. what, um, from a, a from, media perspective? Yeah,
2: from like an entertainment perspective, because the entertainment industry dealing with is, human
1: dealing with a multitude of energies is exhausting. Right. When I'm not an empath or on any kind of cute shit that you people like to do on Instagram, but I am a very authentic individual, which I'm sure you picked up on, Fat, which is why we click. Yeah. But um, like I say, very. I've been saying very inappropriate things the whole time we've been at the village, and she's dying laughing.
2: We're like the same person, right?
1: <laughs> so I'm just nicer. <laughs> yeah. So I have a really um, obtuse per, uh, personality, and so dealing dealing with people in the industry who are very sensitive about their shit is is a lot. You know, like I'm the guy in my city that tells people when their music is trash. I go to all the studio sessions with any artist you can name. That's from my city. I've been in the studio with them. I tell them the truth about their music, whether it's good or bad. I sometimes I go to their house before they turn the album in to the label, and I'm like, "Yo, like that's not it. Don't turn this shit in." Sometimes they listen. Sometimes they don't. Um, and that just comes from me being honest with myself. Like people think I'm harsh on them, I'm way harder on myself, and so that comes with doing the work.
2: Yeah, and a lot of people they just want things sugarcoated or like they want to beat around the bush. That's what I hate about Vegas. <laughs> Um, because it's different than East Coast where you're like you just say it and then you move on right? It's like we're not trying to fight, I'm not trying to harm you but we're just going to move on from this um, is what it is.
1: I'm not not the candy coat guy and I don't put the medicine in the candy it's just raw bitters
2: (laughs) (laughs) Raw bitters It's just bitters. Taking them raw bitters
1: And it's just, and and the thing is people appreciate that about me, like that's something that, that Nipsey told me and I just hold on to that So I feel like I think that, for the most part, you may not like it, but you respect it.
2: Hey, sorry, we've been all over the place out here. It's been a hot mess. Come over here. Can we go back over here yeah. while we, so we can close out on this? Okay, we're back. We're in and out the rain here.
1: We're back at our <laughs> spot because the rain. I
2: love this spot. Yeah, I'm like, I wanna. I, it was my vision. So it was funny that we so- started over there and the mics were not working. Yeah. Because then we ended up in my vision.
1: <laughs> yeah, did this you, is. A- um,
2: did you play an instrument?
1: No, okay. never. I'm not. I'm not. Because you said
2: you were super into tech and music I'm and you're into te- Hertz and all that, you know, like the scientific of the music. So I didn't know if you played instruments.
1: Nah, I'm not talented in real life. <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not the guy that I'm not talented in a way like I can't play keys. I'm not athletic. I'm kind of both my parents around in short. So I'm never you know, I'm not athletic, but I'm just my my gift is my intellect. I'm just smart as fuck. So that's really the only thing that I use that's that's my ability i taught myself how to do things i taught myself how to dj and produce and all this kind of different thing i mean i have people that show me things but for the most part i'm just a nerd and i just i'm really intellectual so i use so marvel
2: is that what you nerd out on
1: super super marvel what's like
2: is marvel superheroes yeah like comic books yes superman
1: no that's dc okay don't do that (laughs) that's dc comics that has nothing to do with marvel
2: so Marvel's just comic books?
1: No, Marvel is Iron Man. Okay. The Hulk. Okay. Okay. I'm not finna name all... Okay.
2: I wouldn't grow up on Marvel. I mean, I was never... I guess because okay. I was a girl, well, I wasn't really...
1: Well, okay. So Marvel, shout out to Stan Lee. Marvel is uh, Mar- the MCU, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Television, Disney Plus shows, and the movies is probably the biggest thing in cinema in the, in the last hundred years in real life. Not even joking. The reason why is because the world that they've created is interchangeable, it's crossover. Every movie, every TV show interwo- interweaves with, with one another. And each one is its own standalone, but also coincides with the grand story. But it started in 2008 and it's still going right now today.
2: So, favorite Marvel character?
1: Favorite Marvel character? Probably Tony Stark, because he's a nerd. He's a geek in his lab building Iron Man suits. I even okay. if you listen to my Siri, look, watch this. So this is something that only the nerds is going to get. Watch this. What's the weather like today in Honduras? Oh, it's not talking to me. Hello.
2: Hi, DJ. How can I help?
1: What's the weather going to be like today in Honduras?
2: Expect rain in Tegucigalpa today. Daytime temperatures will hover around 82 degrees, with overnight lows around 65.
1: So the reason why I have this voice on my Siri is because I wanted him to sound like Jarvis. Jarvis is Iron Man's uh, audio, um, his artificial intelligent assistant.
2: <laughs> I, I thought it sounded familiar, but I don't even know. <laughs> That's
1: the reason why my Siri sounds like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you super nerd. Super. Are we? Is this happening again?
1: Yep. It's all good. Do you think this is okay? We good. It's not going to be... Yeah, it's cool. Okay.
2: It's just drizzle, right? Yeah. Okay, so I know you said that you used to be super against any drugs, drinking, all that. Cause oh, you've late,
1: been taking notes. The way
2: that you grew up, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that it can go either way, right? You grew up around addiction. I grew up around addiction. My choice was to just stay away from the hard drugs. I Well, I've done a lot, but the hard, you know, hard, hard, you know, <laughs> that I have seeing people do. And... Definitely drank since I've been 13, smoked since I'm 13, tried a lot of fucking shit. My brother died of an overdose, you know. But um, you took it the way where it was like, I'm not doing none of this, and I want none of these people around me at all. Yeah. So how did that go into, like, with your friends and stuff? Because I know you said you cut friends off that, you know, might have been drinking, things like that.
1: Um, my Mine just, because when I was growing up around addiction, like, my aunt had an addiction problem. And then also, like, the, the OGs that I had around me in my neighborhood growing up in my grandma's house, they would all get drunk and be throwing up. I, I, I literally remember one of the neighbors across the street being bent over in the gutter throwing up. Mm. And I was just like, why would anybody do that to themselves? Right. Like, why would you willingly drink until you can't literally contain your, hold your shit together? Right. And so it just turned me off from it. I just never wanted to be a part of it. Drinking, smoking, hookah, anything.
2: And now today since it's your your anniversary you said you wanted to try weed.
1: Today I'm going to try marijuana. Yes.
2: What made you what sparked that that you want to try it?
1: I'm open to a lot of things that I wasn't always open to. Right, cuz we're
2: opening up everything. I'm
1: open in everything. Yeah. You know, your pineal gland, your third eye. I'm open to sea moss, I'm open to herbs. Yep. I'm open to therapy, therapy, is something that I never was open to. Right. Charlemagne Charlemagne took me to Anguilla. And I agreed to go to therapy when we were in Anguilla together and wow. because he's a huge mental health advocate. Good friend. And um, so, yeah, it was just different things. Like I went to Japan on tour one time and I never even tried sushi till I got back to the United States. I'm just never been open to. Right. Because also I wasn't exposed to anything growing up. We knew, I knew top ramen, pork and beans and wieners, sandwiches, frozen dinners and Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: That's what that's like our life's very similar because I was very close minded too, just the way I grew up. I just didn't believe shit unless I saw it. I didn't believe in nothing like no voodoo, no nothing. And now I'm over here like a whole hippie in Vegas. Like I got my plant medicine, you know, and I actually I, that's what I liked that. I moved to Vegas because cannabis. I mean, I smoked weed my whole life, but I just smoked to get high. Then when I started learning about the healing aspects of weed, I realized it's a plant and you know now that i learned about all these herbs and all these ways people heal people can heal from mushrooms uh weed fucking sea moss you know there's a lot of ways to incorporate into mind body and soul so you about to like just come into a whole new era i'm just open you know? to
1: it and you know what's crazy you used the word hippie i was just i was literally about to post um this thing this morning when i got up and was taking my herbs i was like you know what i always was one of them Stupid little ghetto kids that made fun of hippies, but they totally make sense to me now.
2: Totally, they totally like it, make sense to me. Once your third eye opens, you're like, these things aren't. These are normal principles. They kind of had the right things,
1: idea, low key. You know,
2: like, and then you, and then that's why they're so happy, and that's why we angry. We were. I was so angry at them. I'm like, why the fuck are you so happy? Yeah, no, <laughs> being.
1: Yeah, no, hippies totally makes, but I also like weird ass women too. Like, I like weird girls because I was so intrigued by how zen they were, and like, I like like that shit you wearing. I don't understand it. I don't know what country is from, but I just am attracted to women who do who wear like, like what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? I
2: don't even know. My friend so like, back from. So or South like
1: Island. stones and cri- like girls that charge their crystals. Oh yeah. I charges. remember going to. I remember going to the beach and this girl pulled out these crystals out of her bag and she was placing them in the sand. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, and she was like, I'm charging my crystals. It's, it's a full moon. I'm like, like I'm bro. I got really
2: intrigued though. Like, I I'm know. so intrigued about
1: right. the chakras. I don't know about. I don't understand or know about none of that shit. So but it's but it's. that's but the it's,
2: aspect that you probably haven't gotten more into but it's
1: sexy to me Right,
2: is the spiritual part of it because you've already like you said you've been opening up a lot of things but Mm -hmm. like i think now you're really coming into the spiritual aspect of bringing it all together and i'm really excited for your journey
0: yeah because now you're gonna
2: have no more anxiety no more sleep deprivation you know um and i know you said you wanted to help your mom and your cousin
1: yeah my mom my mom's diabetic and my cousin is diabetic
2: yeah, so now you're going to have, like, the tools. Is there something specific that jumps out that you're going to, like, run and tell your family when you get home?
1: I've been documenting this whole process on purpose. Like, a lot of people go, and they're like, you're on a retreat. Why are you even posting? Or why you even have your phone? Or, and it's like, I think, I think, um actually, my OG, my big, not my OG, my big homie, my big homie G told me this years ago. He was like, um what?
2: Well, I just want to... um Thank you so much. This isn't going to fuck up? It's fine. Okay.
1: If you want, you could put...
2: Something over it? I'm like, but what?
1: Yeah, <laughs> now that's not good.
2: <laughs> Let's just leave the chair real quick. i
1: leave the chair.
2: It don't even matter. Are we all over this village.
1: Let me see if this works or if it just looks stupid or creepy.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: does that look creepy on camera
2: i don't i don't care the, the viewers aren't gonna care they just going to be happy that they're in, entertained okay and the audio you won't see it at all so
1: <laughs> oh yeah that's true okay what was the question
2: um we were saying how you're documenting the journey and people are like why are you documenting it
1: oh yeah i'm documenting the journey on purpose because um a lot of people, including myself, is like, this is some bullshit. The doctor Savy Sebi-Usha thing is some bullshit. And where I'm from, I'm like the litmus test for the authenticity or bullshit. And so a lot of people look to me as like, oh, if you say it must be some real shit. Right. So I've been documenting on purpose so that way people understand. You're like,
2: about to influence, like you've already
1: influenced a lot of people. Oh, no, no, no. People have been texting me. Rent this motherfucker me. out. Texting me, DMing me, like there people like four people booked. Like, yeah, it's it's crazy. But it's just I've been doing it on purpose because I want people to understand like okay, I didn't I was skeptical too. Yeah. But
2: But once you get like you said, once you got the anxiety it made you go to a certain point where you were like, I have to find, figure it out, right? Yeah. So I can't be skepticism anymore because now my therapist told me I don't have anxiety. Yep. Whatever I'm trying isn't working. Yep. So at what point does it break? So it's like you, you, you had a little bit of faith and look what it turned into because now you're a full-blown believer. Full-blown. Yeah. I'm
1: full-blown, I'm all in. I love CMO's it. CMOS game.
2: I came because honestly I had, well I came last year because I was sick. I had a uh, liver and kidney issues. And um, I went home and got my blood work redone. It was like fucking amazing in a week. And so I decided to come back. And this year has been like hard mentally, physically, professionally, everything. I've just been, I do everything myself, right? So I don't have a fucking BTS person. I don't have someone to be like, hey, your fucking camera's not running, bitch. Like, you know, like it's always been me. And sometimes it gets overwhelming. So I was just feeling very stressed. Like, like how you said anxious. I really don't feel like that a lot, but since i've been been getting more deeper into the entertainment i i feel like I'm, i get that sometimes yeah and before i came here i just felt like my cells were literally like vibrating they were shaking i was so like wound up and i didn't know why you know i'm like i'm doing everything normal that i usually do mm-hmm. and i was like i definitely need this to like rebalance my fucking central nervous system i feel that hello we've been all over this <laughs> Um, okay, so I know you do charities as well. Yes. Um, you're the chairman for the MAC for the um, the Mac for Boys and Girls Club in L.A.
1: Yep, the Media Advisory Council. Dan, you do research and shit.
2: I'm, I'm an interviewer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's yeah. why
2: I'm, like, upset because I'm, like, I'm really trying to get this, you yeah. know?
1: Like. No, no, the Media Advisory Council is um, something. It's um, shout-out to Patrick Mahoney, who's the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club for Metro L.A., um, Kim Washington, and my boy David Gross. Uh, Dave Gross is David Gross is somebody that kind of, you know, everybody found out through, uh, found out about or became got up on because of NIP but Gross basically asked me, he's like, what do you want to do? Because you got a lot of influence, kind of the same thing Isaiah be telling me like, you got a lot of influence, like people listen to you, what do you want to do? I'm like, man, I just want to be, I want to really be involved with this community, like I want to, I need to be in these organizations like the Boys and Girls Club and he was like, "All right, bet and then he literally walked me into the boys and girls club with met and introduced me to the ceo and told the ceo like this is your guy this is the guy you need for whatever you're trying to do this is the guy in la and they made me the chairman of the board
2: so the boys and girls club that just is like is it just kids
1: kids a charity yeah. for kids no it's not charity it's, it's a program so the boys and girls club is a youth organization and it's for basic it's basically for Kids that like myself that come from these disenfranchised, poverty-stricken communities, where it's after school, they also have school. Mind you, shout out to the um, Challengers Boys and Girls Club, which is on Fifty First in Vermont. I mean, fifty, yeah, Fifty First in Vermont. They never shut down during cor- during COVID. They provided meals for the community every day. Every day they were there during quarantine, giving meals out to the kids. Because you got to think, yeah, we have the luxury of quarantining for COVID. But then a lot of these families rely on I was a. I, I used to have lunch tickets in school and lunch tickets was you was on county. I was on welfare. So a lot of these kids relied on county assistance to eat every day at school. Mm-hmm. So when they when you shut school down, we don't have food. You know what I'm saying? So the Boys and Girls Club challengers stayed open just to give meals out to the kids who was on welfare and county assistance who wouldn't get those meals at school. Nice. Yeah.
2: So do you have any new projects or things that you're working on
1: this year? Yeah, in, we're working on, we're building, months. we're building a studio um, at the Challengers Club. Um, they just had contractors in there and we're building a, school, a studio to teach the children. Well, I call it the new trades. So back in the day you would have electrician, plumber, stuff like that. I look at the new trades for the new generation is like podcasting, video editing, um, audio, ed- audio engineers, musicians, um, DJs, music producers. Those are the new trade. Those are the stuff that kids want to do. Right. They don't want to be a plumber. Right. We need plumbers. By all means, be a plumber. But they want to create content and learn green screen and shit like that. So that's where we're, we are. The green screen is art. The blue, the blue and the green screen rooms are already built at Challengers. And we're building um, a studio, recording studio, a radio station, a podcast studio for the kids to learn that's how awesome. to do that. So the idea for it is... By the time they're 16, by the time they graduate high school, they'll be able to get a job making six figures. That's the idea.
2: Yeah, because that's the thing. We're not taught anything specific. We're not taught finances. We're not taught taxes. We're not taught things that adult people are supposed to learn. All you're taught is some bullshit-ass algebra you're never going to use and some history lesson that's bullshit because all the textbooks were changed. So it's like we're not teaching our kids anything, and that's the whole thing. Like your third eyes open. You're going to start – yeah, I'm telling you, when I started like really coming to, I'm like, I fucking hate this world. Like it was – you go through literal roller coasters of emotion because you're going to start feeling like you're taking people's energy the more – big you get in your energy and that's why you said like i feel comfortable in my thing but going through it it took me a while i used to really get drained and i used to fucking start hating people and like i'm like i don't want to hear your fucking bullshit story why why are you telling me about it but people always come to me and tell me things and i I realize like that's my purpose in life so i'm excited that you're on the minerals i'm excited that you're here me too um thank you so much for your time we're just like we're making it happen out here oh
1: no we're making it happen i probably look crazy right now <laughs> we
2: telling scary stories i turn the
1: phone light on because i know my melanin is, is we glist- telling
2: scary stories this, yeah this is gonna be all all crazy it's but, gonna be crazy um we had a great time it's day six of the retreat um i leave tomorrow they have one more day to go it's been fucking amazing thank you so much to usha village for having us thank you to dietary resolutions the whole Bowman family and thank you to Dr. Sebi, most of all, because... Um,
1: I was just in Dr. Savy's, His bedroom. His
2: bedroom, man. That energy was
1: strong. That shit was crazy. It, it really
2: made me feel emotional when I walked in. Like, wow. And I smelled it. It smelled like, you know, like probably him. And yeah. out out his clothes. I saw his, his clothes.
1: And yeah. Yeah, that was I, crazy. I was today years old when I saw a glass stove.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I ain't never seen Literally. a glass stove in my life, but I saw one today.
2: Yeah. I, sure. I would love to see someone cook on it. Right. <laughs> it's going to turn into a museum. Um, if y'all are interested in coming to Usha Village, make sure that you hit them up as actor Sadie Usha. Um, I'm telling y'all, it's just going to be up from here. I'm excited for your journey. Thank you. This is like, this is the most amazing place that you could start it.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I think it's going to be dope. And also, I feel like me being here was not, because I came on bullshit. I didn't come here with, like, I came here with pure intention, but I came here to. debunk. To debunk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I turned into something. Send a little text on my telephone
0: telling me she can't let go in a muffin. No response left, don't grab a car. My god, a thing
2: for me. You living in the wrong why don't play with the girls. I burn up a feminine soul. Would you better reap what well, my pops sold me? But oh no, I turned into something. Call than the a
1: moccasin who's coming with cunning. The black is in the tenant who better ain't better than the five percentage or more. But another way in another face. Never thought that shit ain't really your race.